it was just such a ridiculous audiovisual assault that I, I I was not expecting. You always been watching Barack Obama's uh, latest speech. Actually, I was talking about the the Doctor Evil Hard Knock Life part of Austin Powers Three. Oh Lord, yeah. I can't explain why, but the first time I saw it, I fell off the chair laughing because there, I did because nothing else made me laugh in that movie. But that was so out there, stupid. I was like, oh, I couldn't explain it. I, I just lost control. Well, at least Mike Myers isn't as bad as Will Ferrell or uh, Adam Sandler or any of their ilk. He has at least some humor in him. You know what's funny is uh, someone at work says, you know, Cloud Atlas is called the worst movie of the year. I'm like, really? Didn't Adam Sandler release a movie this year yet? <laughs> Actually, he did, and it was good. Wow. I meant I meant non-animated. <laughs> Hey, I always I, I said that after seeing it, the only thing that would make me want to see an Adam Sandler movie is Gennady Tartakovsky. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! It's uh, let, let's see here. Uh, Animaniacs on the Hub, December twenty fourth. That's good news. Yeah, that's good news. We need more news like that. It's uh, yeah, the Hub's getting all sorts of stuff. Yeah, the Hub is. I mean, well, I mean, man, they're just going crazy with quality. It's like Cartoon Network circa nineteen ninety seven. <laughs> Cartoon Network before the suck. Yep. Before CN. Before the executives took over, I should say. So uh, let's see here. Animation news. Uh, like I said, the, the one of the most interesting things to me was watching someone on YouTube compiled all the itchy and scratchy clips from The Simpsons into one video, a 40-minute long video. Oh, my God. It is it, because it actually teaches you a lot about how The Simpsons evolved in a sort of backwards way. Because Itchy and Scratchy was basically was basically them doing Tom and Jerry to the next logical level. And like I said, I, I just thought that to myself, you know, maybe maybe one of the Simpsons writers was from Chicago because here's this clown show that airs cartoons. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, someone at FuzzyMemories.tv uh, this year was going through some old tapes, and they were like, what, yeah, The Bozo Show, up. circa 1971. Some Somebody found two episodes of The Bozo Show from, like, the 70s, and they're going to air them this weekend. Yeah. Wow. I've already got the DVR set. So do I. <laughs> I mean, 71, I was four years old and watching that stuff. Wow. I mean, this is... These were talents. You know, Bob Bell and Roy Brown. And I, I don't remember if 71 was before um, Marshall Brodeen got in the act. Um, I don't I don't know offhand, but I, I know he's not in the, in what they're going to show. Yeah. So Neil's going to look forward to this. Cards. Oh, yeah. Because it really is like, it's like the best and probably the last form of, uh, of the old vaudeville style that you're ever going to see on TV. Yep. Like I was telling Ben uh, earlier in the week, it really didn't matter that they were clowns. I mean, nowadays you show it to a, like, a kid and you'd be like, would, would, would you watch this? And they'd be like, oh, no, because it's so off-putting to see clowns now. But these guys were just, the fact that they were clowns didn't matter. They were just there to to just torture each other uh, in front of a camera. Like if one of them screwed up on their lines, the other one would just capitalize on it and just oh yeah, <laughs> make their lives a living hell. But it was funny. <laughs> I am waiting for the bus. I mean, you could tell that the, they all had love for each other. Yeah. And I mean, Roy Brown, I mean, knowing the work that he did, not just as Cookie the Clown, but as a puppeteer, as an artist, 
I mean, he, he started off as a graphic designer and just kind of uh, mutated. <laughs> well, that's usually what happens with graphic designers. You start as one thing and you mutate to something else and then you're stuck in a you're stuck in one thing for many years. And Bob Bell, the one person who find because of one thing, find more than anybody else how much of a prick Larry Harmon was. Oh, yeah. I, I listened to an interview with Joey Dioria a couple weeks ago, and uh, Joey had met Larry Harmon, and he was just like, well, Larry's Larry. And, you know, whenever somebody says that, says that phrase, like, well, Jim is Jim. What that means is that Jim is a prick, or in this case, Larry is a prick. <laughs> well, but he didn't you know want to say talk- it. You know the instance that I'm talking about. Oh yeah, there's the Clown Hall of Fame incident. Yes, that's the incident. Yeah. Ben, do you know what we're talking about? I know that I know the gist where someone tried to say that they were the original Bozo and. Oh, that's Larry Harmon. Yes, but that wasn't the situation. Both Roy Brown and Bob Bell were inducted into the uh, in, the Clown Hall of Fame, an international thing, and every clown that goes in there goes up and accepts the honorarium in costume. Larry Harmon, who owned the uh, copyright on Bozo the Clown, refused to allow Bob Bell to go up there in costume. He is the only person ever inducted into the Clown Hall of Fame to not receive the honorarium as the clown. Wow. That's, wow. And that's, I mean, a big reason is because when people think of Bozo the Clown, they don't think Larry Harmon. They think Bob Bell. I mean, Bell set the standard. The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Web Comic Beacon, a topical web comics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Web Comic Beacon Newscast recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before web comics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Neil and, 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 yeah. and uh, Tom, you'll be interested in this uh, since we're doing an off-topic episode, uh, which has started already. <laughs> they know uh, who we are. Yes. So I was reading Kotaku, and I think I read an article that will get uh, some get you all riled up in the blood boiling. There you go. Oh, this isn't Arnita Sarkeesian, is it? Oh, it is. Yeah, she's an idiot. <laughs> read uh, re- read this and read the comments about how they are martyring her. They are Kotaku and Destructoid are both kind of like. Well, well this Kota- just this just proves that she's got a point, and I'm like, no, it doesn't. These people are like. 4chan trolls you know they're well kotaku is is owned by gawker the the same people who says who said uh glenn beck was assaulted in, in central park good it's still coming up for me i'm not haven't seen it yet but i can get the gist of what it is you do know about feminist frequency right no uh neil give, give uh, tom a 20 second refresher course she is it's a youtube channel this woman is doing a video series called uh uh, tropes versus women. Uh, it's about video game characters. You know, she's going after like Princess Peach and 
Laura Croft and anyone who's like sexualized or a damsel in distress or whatever, whatever she finds uh, uh, offensive. And her arguments are always very skewed and very uh, one-sided and she's just, She's not very good. Is one. She sets up a straw man and goes after him. Oh, well, yeah. Without anybody to the, take the opposite the side. Worst, the worst video she ever put up, and I still laugh at this, it's like the top five uh, creepiest Christmas songs. And I think all but one of them would really qualify as creepy. Or only one of them, I meant to say, would qualify as creepy, and even then, just barely. And, Which means you know, I have to ask, was Hard Rock, Coco, and Joe on that list? Uh, no, but... Uh... She blew it. She blew it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, the worst part is uh, she said uh, she wanted to uh, set herself up to do this channel, and she basically e-begged for money so she could buy games to bitch about the games yeah. versus e-begging for people to send used games, which I wouldn't have had a problem with. It. It's, you know, then again, I know, yeah, people do what they want with their own money, but still, it's I don't like e-begging. Because she got way more than she's going to need for games. Oh, yeah, she got way more than she's going to need. And uh, no no real word yet on what she's going to do with all that money. Because there's, there's a picture of her with, like, a stack of games. It's just like this whole – she must have, like, 200 games there with her. And I'm like, you know what? Even if I assume that every game in that stack is $200, she she hasn't even spent, like, an eighth of what uh, of what she got. So it, it, it's probably going to go all in her pocket. or And that's if she bought the games new, which you know she didn't. Yeah, they all appeared to be out of the wrapper. Hey, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, but she's a, she's an idiot. Her her top five uh, creepy Christmas songs was like, uh, one of them was the, Mar- the Mariah Carey one. And the only reason why she said that was because it's a song about, you know, a woman saying that she wants a man. And, you know, God forbid, a woman, a, a woman wants a man. <laughs> Yeah, God forbid someone, you know, someone of the female gender have a libido and say, "Hey, I want a, I want a man for Christmas." So she's basically the Al Gore of the video game world. I, I mean, I look at it this way: I, I look at something like um, women in refrigerators, which I completely support, because it's not saying that all of them do this. It's saying that there is a trend for this, and here is the trend, mm-hmm. and there are others that don't do this, but you know, it's a lazy way of doing it. This is just you know, one-sided bullshit. Yes. Well, let's just go talk. I mean, let's. I haven't read a good Gawker article in years. Gawker's what I read just to uh, laugh at it because you know Gawker's just. I. Tom, as as a you know, how do you feel about Gawker? I couldn't say one way or the other because I don't read it. Ah. Neil was saying something about Kotaku a second ago. Yeah. It, Kotaku is really hit and miss. Usually, it's miss. Yeah, it's I, I try to go to Joystick instead. What's another good game news site other than Joystick? Joystick at least talks mostly about games. That's true. Well, I'd say 1UP, but I usually go to 1UP for like the retro stuff. So <laughs> I guess they're okay. That's true. So let's see here. What else is in the news that we should discuss? Um, I, just, I just had to get your blood boiling on that uh, Kotaku thing, Neil. Oh, actually, one other thing is that uh, she she actually had like a a college thesis that you could find online somewhere and uh, it's it's really interesting because she she really contradicts herself because she she gets she gets upset about tropes in women and 
then she complains about you know video games where the woman is like like assertive and able to kick ass and all this stuff because because get this if if a woman is powerful and assertive in a video game then she's just aping a man and i read this and i'm like wait did she actually just say that and i read it again and i'm like what do you want <laughs> well you know neil there is that super princess peach game oh my god you know that one <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that one's going to be attacked heavily. It's like, yes, we know. You know, you know, go ahead, shoot some fish in a barrel. I don't care. Tom, do you know about Prince Super Princess Peach? I played it. Ah, well, well, for and... the listeners at home, it, Princess Peach is going to rescue Mario, and her power is the power of her violent mood swings. Yeah, her mood changes. In an instant, and she can either be crying uncontrollably, you know, uncontrollably angry with no reason, blissfully happy to where she's floating in the clouds, just just in an instant. So this game probably took place in a in a game timeline of about three days. Well, I'm sure the crack helped. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's I, I, Neil has heard legends of this game. I had to show him a playthrough video before he realized. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looks fun. It's just, I'm just, wow. Nintendo actually did that. <laughs> <laughs> there's no way to argue around it either. It's like, no. it's there. Yeah. There's, there's no way to, like, make it better. It's like, oh, Japan. So crazy sometimes. And speaking of which, the last issue of Nintendo Power came out. And the cover is an homage to the first issue. Yes. Yes, it is. I bet Neil's subscription has long since run out. Oh, yeah. Mine ran out around, I don't know, whatever the N64 came out. 96? Somewhere around there, yeah. Because I was like, uh, this isn't looking good. And then I switched <laughs> over to uh, whatever the unofficial PlayStation magazine was. Because that one was pretty good until it became the official PlayStation magazine. I don't remember what that one was. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It was... Uh, May have just been unofficial PlayStation magazine. <laughs> it was pretty good. It was like one of the first times I saw the the art of Adam Warren. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Thank you, unofficial PlayStation magazine. And then I saw an issue of Ann America next next to it, and I was like, oh, this this is also good. This is also Adam Warren. I found <laughs> an old issue a couple weeks ago, and judging by what's inside the magazine, I was like, wow, I was really motivated by the cover, wasn't I? <laughs> <laughs> which which was the dirty pair, by the way. Of course. Oh, Adam Warren. How we love you so. You can make me buy stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we've done tons of dirty pair shows already, so oh, we yeah. should do more, sadly. <laughs> so how about Crusher Joe? How much of Crusher Joe exists? Isn't it like just one episode? It's a movie and two OVAs. Oh. And there's an implication that he's the that he's the father of Yuri, or no wait, he's the son of Yuri. That's right. But in in the movie, there's they're uh, they go to a, like a drive-in, and what's playing the Dirty Pair. So who knows? That's 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 a mess. You can't really delve yeah. into it. It's 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 like House of Mirrors. Yeah. But Alfin, the uh, the princess chick that hangs out with them, she. Actually, looks like Yuri. She looks like a blonde Yuri. Ah. Yeah. 
Well, that that's that might be like the original Larry Vincent. Yeah, that one still trips me up. I'm like, Larry Vincent? Oh, Rally, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom, for you, for, for you, it's... Uh, uh, one of the best arguments for localization of anime is the fact that Gunsmith Cats is a character named Rally Vincent. It's a girl, and she's in the guns. It's kind of cool. It takes place in Chicago. You'd like it. Okay. And in the original Japanese, she was called Larry Vincent because the original author was a fan of Bewitched. And did not understand that Larry was a male-specific name. <laughs> so when it was localized, they're like, change it to Rally. Yeah, and some some little troll, and again, this was part of the the attack, the anime dork attack. <laughs> some little troll commented on that episode. Was like, "Well, who are you to say that?" And I'm like, "Dude, her name was Larry, <laughs> as in the Stooge, <laughs> as in Darren's boss." Yes. Wow. Some people just don't understand Neil. No. Yeah, we we need to go. We need to do another episode about uh, Carl Mason because I I don't think we really talked about him that much on the other. We, we should we should we should because yeah. he is because I don't think people vilify him as much as they used to. No, and really, but, but who, they, who would who would go ahead? I I was gonna say they don't vilify him as much, but there's still there's still like legions of people who are just completely against everything he was trying to do. And I can understand, you know, watching Robotech, you're like, eh, I don't like the way they stitch these three shows together. But that would never happen again. There's just no market for like a six for. There's no reason to have like a 65 episode uh, show anymore, all in one season. They're about. They were going. They were about to stitch a fourth show onto that, Neil. Uh, That's one of my favorite things. But then about. all you have to do is sit them down and have them watch anything from Sandy Frank. So. But uh, Tom, I don't know if you know this, but Exo Squad almost became the appendix to Robotech. Okay. I'm not kidding. They were they were going to do another season of Exo Squad that basically made it to where it was the literal prequel to Robotech. Okay. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how they would do that. <laughs> there there are scripts floating around on the internet, Neil. This was really going to happen. And my my understanding was that uh, that. That spaceship landed on Earth that was like our Earth until until it landed, and all of a sudden they were like, "Oh, there's all this technology," and that's how they were able to make the transforming mechs and all that shit. So it was like, you, there really can't be a prequel to that because there wasn't. Well, there, well, you know what? Think of it as New Battlestar. No, no. <laughs> I just remembered how that ended. <laughs> I, di- I didn't even watch that show, and I was like, oh, why? Actually, for a lot of people, that was that was the biggest mindfuck ever. Well, it was supposed to be. <laughs> I <laughs> guy had to more, though. He really did pull a whammy on those viewers. So, Wreck-It Ralph, we should probably go see that sometime, Neil. Yeah, I'm probably going to get, like, the, the family coupon again. Ah, uh, okay. See it for free. Uh, Tom was in a debate that. about whether or not that was truly a Pixar film or not. I don't think it was. It was not a Pixar film because Brain Trust helped out, but it was all Disney. Yeah. I mean, I just say it because the quality of Wreck-It Ralph was far and above any of the other CG films that Disney has done, to the point where it was about a middle-grade Pixar film. Right. And then the little tidbits they added in, like the short at the beginning – 
and the credits at the end, uh, plus the song from Buckner and Garcia, was all levels of detail you didn't see from Disney animation, uh, CG animation, but you did see from Pixar. I mean, it was Disney's attempt at doing Pixar, and this one worked. It was Disnar. Disnar. I mean, the fact that they had the brain trust company behind them kibitzing. I wonder how they were able to get all the video game rights to align because those are harder to align than than the cartoon rights for Roger Rabbit. But they didn't get all the rights. There's a reason why they don't have Mario and Luigi in there because Nintendo wanted too much money for just the brief cameo that they were going to have in there. They mentioned Mario, but Mario never appears. They had Bowser in there. They had Bowser because they were able to negotiate the rights for Bowser separately. They were they were they, able to have Capcom characters. They were able to have Sonic characters there too. Yeah, and Sega came out like a bandit because they got the use of Wreck-It Ralph for the uh, Sega racing game. Whoa! Se- uh, Sonic All Stars Transformed has two other playable characters other than Sega characters. One of which is Wreck-It Ralph, which I think is awesome. The other which of which is Danica Patrick. Wow, the the uh, GoDaddy girl. Yeah. The Razor, yes. That's pretty sad that that's all I know her from. <laughs> Go Daddy. Well, I, I use their services all the time, so I always see her on the front page. Yeah. I mean, first, I guess she's all right. I've seen hotter brunettes. Yeah. First, I don't really follow any sort of motorsports, so maybe that's why I'm not really all that familiar with her. Oh. Well, you really can't the motorsport with... Oh, okay, that's another topic. <laughs> <laughs> it's... <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, no matter what, I mean, she was the first woman to win the Indy 500, if I remember correctly. That is true. So, I mean, she, you can't take that away from her. That is true. You weren't trying to make a motorboat reference just a minute ago, were you? Oh, finally he gets it! I got it. I was I was just kind of <laughs> processing it. <laughs> so, what other anime newbies must we check out this year? There's, uh, there's uh, Hotel Transylvania, which... Uh, I'm hearing is pretty good. Wow. It's pretty good. It it suffers from too much Adam Sandler input. I mean, there are too many fart jokes and you know scat jokes, but for the most part, it's a pretty good movie. And like I said, that's more thanks to Gennady Tartakovsky than Adam Sandler. Where did his career go again? Well, concerning all the scat jokes in the toilet. <laughs> I mean, he's just getting worse and worse i mean it's there was there was a time i thought that he might try to escape into serious like jim carrey tried and failed he doesn't have anything he has it's like will ferrell they have the be the disgusting obnoxious son of a bitch that's all they have i mean can you name one comedy thing that adam sandler will ferrell or so many of the saturday night live crew after the not ready for primetime players has Beyond that. Sometimes I think Adam Sandler should have just stopped at Happy Gilmore. You know, I was going to say Cowbell, but it was really Christopher Walken that sold that. Yeah. Yeah, and and think about the Cowbell sketch. What did um, Will Ferrell do in that? He made a lot of noise. To show his fat gut. Like I said, it was just the fact that Christopher Walken could keep a straight face and deliver that line is what sold that. Yeah. You know, to this day, people walk up to Christopher Walken when he's at a restaurant. And he says, hey, Christopher, you know what this steak needs? He's like, what? More cowbell. He's known for that. That's all he's yeah. known for now. 
see, and I think that uh, you've seen the uh, video of The Walking Dead, haven't you? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> that was hilarious. If you haven't seen it, put Google on W-A-L-K-E-N space D-E-A-D, The Walking Dead. All right. <laughs> oh, speaking of zombie movies, and Neil, how do you feel about zombie movies? Oh, I can't stand zombie movies. Uh, Actually, it's some more recent ones that are just I I can't watch them. It's like I don't like I don't like enemies that can that can that can like quickly attack you and then make you one of them. Gobble gobble, one of us. Yeah, I mean, do you even, know that even, reference? Even, yeah, I know that it's from Freaks. <laughs> but even even vampire movies. I mean, vampire movies. Vampires can make you one of them, but you know you're still kind of you. You just have like a thirst for blood. Zombies. Zombies just are creepy, and I don't like them. <laughs> What's really funny is uh, somebody at work was talking about uh, World War Z. He's like, oh, I don't know what it's going to be about. I'm like, it's about zombies. He's like, no, how do you know that? I'm like, because it was a book yeah. written by Max Brooks. He was Mel Brooks' son. And I, like, I took a lot. I took all the wind out of his sails in an instant because he thought that World War Z was like this big mystery of what the movie was going to be about. I'm like, it's about zombies. It was a book. He thought Goku was going to show up. <laughs> no, that movie was already made. Um, I've seen it. You've seen it. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean that that Piccolo. My God, they they should have saw that and went like, yeah, we should not have done that. We should stop now. <laughs> no, you know, you talking about stopping now. I've got a page up right now. Um, <clears throat> let me paste it movieweb.com and it's got a listing of some of the animated movies for 2013 some of them heavy metal i mean heavy metal is a classic i don't know how it, if you weren't from that time period you may not like it as much as those of us who are older folk i like but, it. i mean it, but then and monsters university i'm looking at forward to i mean granted it's another pixar spinoff that can't be as good as the original but still and there's there's brave with caveman right crack ne- caveman right next to it yeah, the Croods. Yes. But look below that. Two others that they have. Mr. Peabody and Sherman. Mighty Mouse. <sighs> They're going to have... I mean, Despicable Me too. I'm all for. The Smurfs too. Yogi uh, Bear too. Why are they making a sequel to Yogi Bear? Because, They're making a sequel because, to Incredible Mr. Limpet. Neil, because Justin Timberlake's boo-boo is that good. <sighs> I guess... Oh my God, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd's Yogi is is less than inspired. Yeah. Look, a fallen star, make a wish. <laughs> it's time for intermission, boys and girls. Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to M-Wire only on geekcastradio.com. Hey, I'm Gary. I'm Mike. I'm Chuck. And I'm Justin. Join the four of us every week on the Internet's number one and longest-running G.I. Joe podcast, What's on Joe Mind? It's Joe news, reviews, and interviews like you've never heard them before, delivered right to your MP3 player. Our guests include Jason Marsden, Kevin Michael Richardson, and Matt Yang King from G.I. Joe Renegades, Larry Hama, Robert Atkins, and John Barber from IDW Publishing, and many more from around the online Joe community. Yeah, it's guys talking about Joe. Think of it as Joe talk meets sports talk. And we make fun of Chuck. Right, and we 
we pay again? Come on, Chuck. We're just kidding. Kinda. Sometimes Chuck makes fun of himself. Right. And we... Okay, seriously. This is just getting ridiculous now. It's What's On Joe Mind every week on the GeekCast Radio Network, InsidePulse.com, Stitcher Smart Radio, and iTunes. Download and listen today. I suppose I still can't say something about Transformers, can I? Good. No. What about sports? That sounds good. Yeah, that's all right. Grab your helmets because it's time to assemble Mask. The GeekCast Radio Network has launched Mask to Mayhem with your hosts Optimus Solo and TFG and Mike. This podcast covering all 75 episodes of Mask will feature in-depth analysis of every episode, talk on the toys, and more. Mask Mayhem will run 30 podcast episodes. You can find us in iTunes and on www.geekcastradio.com. Get your spectrums ready as podcasting is the ultimate weapon. <laughs> Little Mermaid is this? Is this the re-release where they remove the uh, the preacher's penis? Well, I noticed that the poster, the uh, thumbnail they're using for that has the um, erected tower. Let's say. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know about that scene in Little Mermaid, Neil, where they actually show? I never noticed that before. They say it's his knee. I've got no, you know. Uh, I mean, I, I I've seen smaller knees in. Uh, <laughs> On Ron Jeremy, Akira. I hope that's a re-release of the animation and not the live-action thing they've been threatening us with. It's going to have someone CG and it's going to be considered animation. Is that what I think it is? Hold on, there's one I've got to take a look at on page two. Renaissance Celestine? No, my Ooh, terrific. Page two, they've got one from Up on Poppy Hill, New Mizaki. Starring Gillian Anderson, Sarah Bolger, Bo Bridges, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Bruce Dern. Tonka. Tonka has a movie called Tonka. Yes, and yes, it is. Oh my goodness, Neil. This is a movie about Tonka, the, the toy brand. This is an anime movie about Tonka. Well, I mean, because they had such winners like Small Soldiers and Battleship. Hey, Small Soldiers was funny. Yeah. I'm saying it's a if it's on TV and I'm kind of bored, I'll watch it. Yeah, <laughs> I would not go full price, but if it was on TV, I would watch it. I'm the ones that they've got listed for 2014. The sequel to How to Train Your Dragon. Expected that it's DreamWorks. If you've got a successful one, let beat it in the ground and beat the dead horse. The Adams Family. Yeah, that could be very good or very bad. Popeye. Uh, Popeye. Again, very good or very bad. But Phineas and Ferb. That'll be a good kids movie. I'm I, I'm worried about that one. Really, it's not going to be the same team as the TV show. No, it is. Well, that'll be good. Well, Lego. With its, I'm, I I won't see that unless they've got a sequel called Ego. Lego, I think Lego. So it's going to be in the same uh, sort of genre as uh, Tonka, where the where the game where the toy companies actually have a movie about the to- toy company. You know, we're get every year we're getting closer and closer to Pong the movie. Look, look out for Hasbro the movie, Neil. Well, along the same lines, here are some ones for 2015. The first one listed for 2015, Angry Birds. Jesus we knew Christ. that was coming. Yep. Peanuts. Guaranteed uh, live action. Yeah. The untitled. We're saying that it's animation. Oh, here's now here's... on the flip side, they've got. Animal Farm listed, which, if they do it straight, can be very, very good. Oh, here, here's one that'll interest you. Trolls. All about the internet culture. 
No, it's about the troll dolls. Oh. I hope you're joking on that. No. June 5th, 2015, Trolls. About those same oh, dirty trolls. You know, that would be a movie. <laughs> well, you know, they already made, I think we're alone now, Neil, so they'll, they can easily do that one movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. They do have the uh, sequel to Crime Legacy scheduled for 2014. I mean, I mean, talk talk about a disturbing documentary, Neil. That was, wow. I can't watch it again. I tried, but it, it's 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 too far down the rabbit hole for me. <laughs> you know, we got all new Star Wars movies coming. Those are basically animated now. <laughs> They're animated with live actors. Basically. Oh, uh, t- Tom, you know what I'm going to guarantee is going to happen in the new Star Wars movie? What's that? Okay, let me look this up. Uh, While you do that... You can tell Disney now owns Pixar. 2016, one of the ones they have listed is Finding Nemo 2. Uh. Oh. So you Let think... Pixar go back to making original stuff? So, in the new Star Wars movies, guess who's going to play Jason Solo? Who? No, 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 no. No. Please tell me you just made that up. There is no definite guess yet, but... Shia. God damn it, Disney. Please tell me you're joking on that. I mean, I, I can't see anyone having anything to do with him after the way that he talked. Granted, he was right, but after Crystal Skull, you don't sit there and bite the hand that fed you. That that that, that team just loves Shia. That why? Steven Spielberg explained this once. He's obnoxious. Steven Spielberg said outright. In an interview, the reason why he loves using Shia so much is because Shia reminds him of a young Tom Hanks. I don't see it. Check the DVD commentary for Crystal Meth, and it's right there. No, I mean, I don't I don't see what he sees in, in Shia. I, I can, I can. Basically, it's called legalized marijuana. <laughs> but yes, it's uh, yeah. Han Solo and Leia's son, Jason Solo. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. I read the books. I don't. So they're, so they're basically saying that that the person who screwed up playing Indiana Jones's son is going to be playing Han Solo's son. Nothing is definitely confirmed, but the sources I'm reading have been hinting that this is what's going to happen. I, I honestly hope they, that you know, Harrison Ford says no. Not no 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 no. <laughs> What, what what must they be thinking? They they probably saw Transformers and they're like, well, well, he's pretty good having a one-way conversation with Bumblebee. Let's team him up with a Wookiee. You don't know about Jason Solo, do you, Neil? No, I don't. See, that's the extended universe. <laughs> this is the part where you get up off the table and slap somebody? Yeah. <laughs> Funniest video I ever showed, Neil, is when somebody... I forgot where it was from, but basically there's these two guys in the office and they're talking about Boba Fett. And one guy's pointing out, if you look at just the movies, Boba Fett's a bitch. And the other guy says, well, in the extended universe, and the first guy gets up and slaps him across the face. <laughs> I sent Neil that video, and Neil thought that that was the best answer to that retort. And it actually is, because the Star Wars extended universe is... It's... Tom, you, t- you tell the listeners what the Star Wars Extended Universe is. Tom? I, I'm trying to think of a way of expressing it, because I've never been a big Star Wars fan. 
Um, basically, the extended Star Wars, I think the way to liken it is Star Trek's Eidic. You know the story behind that? Uh, refresh me on this. Okay. Uh, the uh, Vulcan necklace symbol, the IDIC, Independent Diversity and Independent Combinations, the triangle with the circles and the star. Okay. That Okay. The reason that that was created was because Paramount Pictures owned the rights to Star Trek, and they were making money off of it. And Roddenberry wanted a way to get a slice of that action. So he inserted the Eidic pendant into an episode so that Lincoln Enterprises, a company that he and Majel owned, could sell them. Wow. The extended universe is George Lucas's version of that. But he had really good licensing rights with the toys already, though. He had people buying an empty box. Ooh. It looks like the heavy metal film, which will be coming out next year, may be all new stuff. We need to talk to uh, our friend Hal about that, Neil. Yeah. Because he works there. Yeah, when we had him on, it it sounded like uh, they were working on something. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad to see a new heavy metal coming out. Although, I really hope it doesn't turn out like the last one. Oh, God. That one was so weird to watch. I even forgot that there was that CG character in the, in the end because I blocked it out. And it doesn't match the movie at all. Yeah, it, it, it's it's like it's like all of a sudden here's two minutes of reboot. <laughs> here's some more information about some of the movies coming out next year. So yeah, um, it's uh, so yeah, it's that's that's the news for the upcoming uh, Star Wars movie. I'll be honest. I mean, if they go through and have the aged Luke Skywalker training new Jedi played by Mark Hamill, I will probably see it. Even if one of those new Jedi is his nephew played by no, 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 no. Well, I can hope for a lightsaber accident (laughs) in real life. (laughs) You know, I mean, Shia LaBeouf is a troll. Unfortunately, he's a troll that is in the mass media and therefore is popular and has money. I, I told Neil about his comic book. I'm sorry, Neil, that you had to suffer through that. <laughs> Neil was trying to figure out what to liken the comic to, and Neil originally said a GeoCity site, and I said, no, it's an Angel Fire site. No, I, I think you're... I think the best way to describe it is not too recently, not too recently, my cat was sick. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. And had a bad case of diarrhea. Ooh. Oh, God. No, stop, please. I think that's what Shia LaBeouf was aiming for and didn't get that high. Ooh. Yeah, the Shia comic is bad. And even more, it was intentionally done that way to be that way. So he was just looking down on us, too. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, the... Uh, like I said, I see. I don't think people are going to go see the new Star Wars movies as as much as they saw the prequels, because I think people who went and saw all three prequels were like, "Okay, I'm invested in this now. I have to at least see how it finishes." The prequels were writing on the coattails of the original Star Wars movies. These are going to be writing on the coattails of the prequels. Yeah, the, the, I don't think there's going to be people coming out. Yeah, exactly. Plus- People thought that they were going to see like the uh, they were going to see like this awesome origin of uh, of Darth Vader, and what they got was uh, a whiny little 
You underestimate my power. You brought him here to kill me. I can see the future. Uh, <laughs> well, he could, remember? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, I forgot about this Dorothy of Oz. They'll make a sequel to anything now. What do you think of that revised uh, Wizard of Oz video I sent you? Um, you no, know, I don't remember if I saw it. Where the uh, where the the Scarecrow, the Tin Man, and uh, the Cowardly Lion were replaced? I must not have seen this. Oh, it was the Robot Chicken sketch. The Scarecrow was replaced with the Crow. Oh. The Tin Man was replaced with Optimus Prime. <laughs> and the Cowardly Lion was replaced with. Al Gore, Snagglepuss, Lion-O. Oh God! <laughs> so basically, the three of them, the three of them beat up, uh, beat up the the Wicked Witch, <laughs> and and then show up at a French topless beach. So it looks like Akira is. It looks like it's the re-release. It's gonna be visually stunning, but they're not gonna replace the bad, bad, bad writing. Ugh. <sighs> I've seen that movie a whole bunch of times, and I, I'm still not entirely sure what it's about. Well, Akira shows up in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie's just named after him. It's like waiting for Godot, but Godot actually shows up. Yeah. It's lots of explosions. What more do you need? And two guys going, Kaneda! Tetsuo! Tetsuo! <laughs> Kaneda! And the guy from Ninja Turtles. And... And, and, and the guy from Power Rangers. They were the same character. So, okay, here's uh, Epic, which is basically, uh, what's it called? Uh, Fern Gully again. <laughs> yeah, but they can't use that as a title. Fern Gully again. Did you see the trailer for Epic? Oh, my God, it looks like it looks like Fern Gully, just by looking at the uh, the image that they have here. You know what? You could repackage this, this the trailer and say this is Joust, the movie. Joust. I thought they were just going to color him blue and call it Avatar. <laughs> Come on, Atari game Joust. With... I know what Joust is. Okay. It was a midway game. Oh, I've seen trailers for this. Ferngully yeah. yeah. again. Yeah. God damn it. How Ferngully is it? It's very Ferngully. It's so Ferngully it Ferngullies itself. Yes. Quick, check the credits for Tim Curry. <laughs> I was just thinking of a way to work that in. I like, gotta make Tim Curry reference. Oh my goodness! I I can't believe they're actually making this movie again. I mean, well, John Kay has a theory that uh, that Hollywood only know only knows how to tell like seven stories, and this is one of them. Huh? There's like, you know, if you watch any cartoon long enough, you'll see the same seven stories over and over again. There's like the evil twin story. There's the amnesia story. There's the environmentalist nagging story. Right, is Double this, and triple spy. Is this yeah. what Epic is? Is Epic the environmental story? I think so, yeah. Okay. But now that you've seen it, Fern Gully again. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, there's a redhead laying down on the ground at, at the end of the trailer. Yeah, she is the normal human that is shrunk down to be the outside observer, our point of view in this world. Mm. Just like in Fern Gully. See, movies like this make me want to go out and pollute. <laughs> Throw a styrofoam wrapper right on the ground. But then an Indian will cry. 
Looking, looking at that, I think it's only got one thing with, that's really nature-based, and that's the shrooms they were eating when they made it. <laughs> <laughs> but, Neil, looting and polluting is not the way. Oh, God. Why? <laughs> I just don't know why they're making this movie again. I don't know. Because they just can't get enough of yeah, Because current TV it. is a miserable failure. So... I see Mr. Peabody and Sherman, which reminds me of a very funny story about one of my favorite bands. Well, that's probably going to be the only thing funny related to this. I think Tom knows this story as well. Uh, one of my favorite bands is the British band Herman's Hermits, which is called this because the, the uh, lead singer Peter Noon looks like Sherman. But someone called him that, and he misheard it, and that's why they're Herman's Hermits. Ah. It's an old music story. I think Tom knows it. Right, Tom? I plead the fifth. Ah. Come on, an old DJ like you. I saw that one of the movies coming out is Turbo. I thought, boy, they've got a sequel to Wreck-It Ralph already, but no, it's a DreamWorks movie. Turbo? Uh Uh-oh. Featuring a snail. Turbo. (sighs) Upcoming 3D. You know... Whoa. No. Just no. I'd rather see Turbo, a Power Rangers movie. (laughs) That can be arranged. (sighs) Please, no. I've had more than Power Rangers for for a lifetime. I I don't want to watch more Power Rangers, please. Just keep making it. Well, next season's going to be the pirate season. Yes. Oh, Tom, you'll love this. You... You know about the that there's an actual season of Power Rangers where they're pirates, right? No, I don't. And and the thing is, their power is they can pirate the likeness of previous Power Rangers. Okay. Like they can be like, I want to be the Power Ranger from Turbo, so they change they change powers and costumes to for that season, and yeah, that, that that's the that's the gimmick of the the pirate Power Ranger season. You are by far the worst Power Ranger I've ever heard of. But you have heard of me. (laughs) It's starting to get less funny, Neil. I know. That's why I don't typically repeat jokes. Yes. But, yeah, that's the story. That's really really what's going to happen. And the the, the Power Ranger helmets of that season are going to be like pirate hat helmets. And it's as stupid as it sounds. But, yeah, let's see here. Other animation coming out. Uh, we need to do another Christmas special up, this Christmas cartoon episode this year, Neil. Yeah, because we didn't cover uh, Christmas Comes to Pac-Land last year. So. And uh, we need to also do a watch with Kitty Hawk of Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Oh, oh. I just died a little inside. You know, yeah. once she hears that suggestion, she's going to be, yes. I know. Because it's terrible, and she loves terrible movies. I know, she does. At least it isn't all of the other reindeer. That's next year. I think I'm going to be washing my hair that year. <laughs> oh my goodness. I, I can't believe that they actually put those in the same rotation of, as the classics. Because no one at, at on cable TV anymore has any taste. It's it, you know it's like you know what at least TBS is just running a Christmas story 24 hours straight. I mean that's all they got, but they know that they're not going to show something that's bad. Although they ruined that movie for me now. They used to be like a great movie to watch every Christmas, and now it's like, ugh. 
you'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> I can't watch this anymore. It's like, it's like, uh, it's a wonderful life. That, that movie, there are a lot of people, I've never actually seen it, but TBS used to run it so many times that there are people who are just like, I can't watch this anymore. It's like this one, this once classic movie has just been run into the ground. Yep. Oh yeah. So let's see here. Next week is Timitators, Neil, or are we doing Oh My Goddess first? We're doing uh, Oh My God. Well, well, this this the 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 very next episode from after this one will be uh, we're doing guilty, guilty pleasures. Yeah, we're doing guilty pleasure cartoons. Oh, because Kitty Hawk wants to see wants to go back and rewatch Oh My Goddess. Okay. Well, what's a so guilty pleasures? We gotta keep some of these secrets. So who are yeah. our guests for that one, Neil? Uh, Kitty Hawk and tentatively the Chew. Ah, for guilty pleasures. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I need to find some guilty pleasures then. Oh, I have <laughs> some. I have a couple that I'm keeping way secret. Okay. Well, it's just I, I think I've told everyone my guilty pleasures. Can we see this any public airwaves? <laughs> well, it's you know that's the thing. It's a uh, you know in when I was uh, I wouldn't say I was purposefully heckling, but Fest was getting pretty upset with me on the uh, charity chat. Believe me, I remember. That's Fest. Yeah, that's Fest. Because I, I was telling Fest the truth, that people were accusing us of using him as a plant. Which I think is hilarious. See, what I love about that is that you you can take up the premise that Teen Titans is actually is a good cartoon, and what that means is that Fest was just so bad that... <laughs> I mean, it's it's like it's like somehow arguing that uh, that that the Looney Tunes is a good cartoon and failing. Like, how do you do that? Well, that but that's taking the the premise that Teen Titans was a good cartoon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> See, that's that's one of my favorite argument tactics is like accepting the premise of whoever I'm arguing against and then using it to destroy them. <laughs> <laughs> a, a very subtle tactic, Neil. Yeah. But yeah, Fest was getting upset, and what's really funny was Tom was there, and Kitty Hawk was there, and when Fest said, Teen Tides is awesome, guess who chimed in? Everyone. Yes. It was actually quite funny, because he, he wasn't expecting the room to go against him, and I, I didn't really mean to kind of, you know, stir the pot, but, you know, once I'm there and the spoon's in my hand, you know, what am I going to do? It's just... <laughs> I'm sorry, Fess. You make it easy. Yep. So we have a year of animation to look forward to. I'm going to eventually watch Rickett Ralph, as will Neil when he gets the family Groupon going. Yeah. Oh, boy. Lots of movies to look forward to. Um, lots of episodes lots we need to... Yeah, lots of them to not look forward to. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of new episodes to plot ahead of us, Neil. It's... Uh, we're gonna do year year two introspective like we did for year one. Um, I don't know that 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 episode felt kind of self indulgent to me. Because <laughs> I agree, had... that's why I'm asking because I didn't feel too good about that episode. Yeah, because what we were doing is we had like a guest on and we were just like, so what you what was your favorite episode? And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, that was that was not the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that now. That that was almost as bad as starting an episode with with us making god kill himself so I, I think we've run the course of this conversation guys what do you think i think so 
All right, then. Oh, yeah. Uh, we run the bend and made a second turn, so. Yeah. All right, so I think we have a nice off-topic episode to put up. Oh, yeah. And if not, well, I hope you'll enjoy this anyways, guys. <laughs> so just uh, this is your host, Ben. And from 910 Comics, that's 910cmx.com. I'm Thomas Revore. We're saying goodnight. Bye. Whoa, who was that by? Someone invited Tommy Edwards. Kids in Chicago, having a good time there. I watch it. Gentlemen. And now, back to the show. Bozo Circus is on the air. With Bozo, the world's greatest clown. Our cookie cook. Hey, hi, Cookie. This my hair look all right? Your hair looks like an explosion in a spaghetti factory. You do. <laughs> I think I'll answer the phone. Hi, Cookie. Hi, Bob. Oh, my glad there's a chair here. Wait a second. Oh, I'm going to sit down. Take it easy. Hey, Bob. Oh, read the paper and just, just relax for a second. Wow, wow, man, am I tired. Hey, here's the one ad. Anything interesting, Moe? Well, there's an ad in the paper for they want a lookout at the Grand Canyon. Oh, what's he have to do? Just stand on the edge, and if anybody gets close, he hollers, look out! What are you doing, doody, doody, doody? Now, what's the bit with the handkerchief in the, in the, in the wrapped around the stone of Zanzibar? You do not know, do you? The stone of Zanzibar is right under Do not the touch the stone. I get little signals from the stone. People think I don't understand. I think you're about half stuff myself. <laughs> How would you like to see a few feats of presto digitation? Huh? Oh, you better not show them around here. I got my mother's picture in my pocket. <laughs> oh, wait. You must hold that for just a few seconds. Wizzle's curse of Arobia. <laughs> now I know what I always suspected. <laughs> Sleeping in my bed. Well, don't look at me. Aren't you a sorry looking sight? Well, sure, kick me when I'm down. What are you doing in bed at this time of day? Uh, uh, I don't feel good. You don't feel good? I got a headache in my uh, stomach. Stick out your tongue. Mm. Oh, no wonder you're sick with that thing in your mouth. Never mind. <laughs> I'm sick. Look how red my nose is. Yeah. I have a cold. Your tongue is coated, and it's got two pair of pants. Never mind. Okay. Soda. What's this? Straight right in the glass. Sis. Boom. Bam. And when you say sis bim bam, the water jumps out of the glass. Sis bim bam. Sis boom bam. <laughs> Make up your mind! Sis Baba! Sis Baba! Cookie! You must never talk when you're holding this pencil. Cookie! Yes! I want you to take this glass. Yes! And if you pour, if you pour the soda of Arobia inside the glass, be careful with it. <laughs> because, because if I don't get out of here, they will throw me out. <laughs>
Yes, indeed. They've wanted to do that for a long time. What are you guys doing? You're supposed to be making those pies for a praise for that very important dinner. And I come in here and I see you don't play it. You're not working. You're not doing anything you're supposed to. Look what you're doing. You're supposed to have a crushed walnut cake and a pie. And you're supposed to have them all ready so I can deliver them over to the very important people's luncheon. And you, I know what should happen. They ought to eliminate you guys from anything in the kitchen. But I and if, they, and if they've got a pie job, they ought to give it to me. I'll give, give it, it to you. you. Okay. <laughs> Bozo Circus, loved and lost. Now, for the first time since its original broadcast over 40 years ago, WGN presents Bozo Circus, The Lost Tape. Go back in time with Bozo, Cookie, and Ringmaster Ned. Join us in our grand march. I'm glad you got that reference. (laughs) Yes. I used to listen to animal stories. Your old delightful Uncle Lair. And sidekick little Tommy. This is him and me. Oh, I forgot how he, how he followed that up. This is both of us. Him and me. <laughs> I don't even know what you're referencing anymore. Oh, it's a, Do it's a search a... on WLS Animal Stories. You'll find some of the funniest stuff to ever go out on the airwaves. Neil, is, are we doing an episode on, was it Clutch Cargo? <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I, I've not seen a full episode of that, but... That is that that show is like freaky weird. Well, it, I used to really hate it until I found out the reasoning behind it. And I I told you Ben, I mean it puts it and puts it completely different light because of it. I forgot. Okay. I slept since. Clutch Cargo, which is most famous for the stilted animation and the human lips on the characters' faces, <laughs> where the guy has bitten an a, 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 a lemon before he starts talking. Yes. Well, the reason for it was because that the person who created Clutch Cargo, his son was deaf. Oh, so he needs to lip-read to to understand the cartoon. Exactly. It was made for deaf children. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Now, don't you feel bad? (laughs) Wow. We're terrible people, Neil. (laughs) I was talking to my dad today about... uh, my dad asked me if I'm going to go see The Hobbit. I said, yeah, I'm going to go see it. And he said he was telling me about people getting motion sick. And and he said, they, oh, you would think they would make The Hobbit before they made Lord of the Rings. And I had to tell him about, you know, how the movie rights of all those movies are all weird. Yeah. Told him about how how uh, both Leonard Nimoy and John Lennon wanted to be Aragon. If you imagine if Leonard Nimoy got, got cast for that picture, he'd be like, and I have just the song. Actually, I think he would have been pretty good. Great Galvatron. So Frank Welker did. <laughs> so, so Tom, here's the question for you, Tom: Gary Mitchell or Khan? Since I know that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is uh, playing it, probably Gary Mitchell. I cannot see him as Khan. Well, you saw a certain blonde uh, science officer in the trailer, didn't you? Doesn't matter. You don't think it's they're they're doing? And a, she wasn't as she uh, the, the original character played by crap. What's her name? Hot lips. Hot lips. Um, <laughs> I can't think of her name. No. Loretta Swit. 
No, no. This was the original Hot Flips from the movie. The Hot oh. Hot Lips. Oh, okay. Yeah, also from um, Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, um, yeah, I can't think of her name. Like I said, you have to clarify, the Hot Hot Lips. No, there is what at times was very attractive. But you put the two next to each other, which in episode Diagnosis Murder did, and it's obvious which one aged yeah, better. The, the celestial greater than sign will descend from the heavens. Oh, yeah, yeah. Overall, I do think that... Uh, Dolly Kellerman. Yeah. But yeah, so 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 the theory is this is like a movie version of where no man has gone before. That's what I've been hearing through the rumor mill. Um, if they had done the first movie right, I would be at all for this thing. You know, if what they should have done is ended the first movie with Kirk becoming a lieutenant. And then they could do the second one several years later or a number of years later where he finally becomes the captain of the Enterprise. But I'm sorry, someone right out of the academy becoming a captain of the flagship? Uh, bullshit. <laughs> I don't care if God himself came down and said, that's what's going to happen. That wouldn't happen. Well, well, God did. <laughs> no, the Great Bird did not. D.J. <laughs> Abrams is... It was a good movie. And some of the casting was phenomenal. Some of it wasn't. But it wasn't Star Trek. The next one should be better. We'll see. I mean, because Star Trek has always had the odd even curse. That's true. Hmm. Let's see here. We should schedule an episode on the Star Trek the Animated Series. Oh, yes. Yeah. Well, I talk about running the gamut. <laughs> I mean, between what's, I mean, well, hell, I mean, uh, from DC Fontana's yesteryear, which was a terrific episode, period, animated, leaving out the animation, the scripting was terrific. It was, an, I mean, it was DC, what can you say? To Waller Koenig with the Infinite Vulcan, who thought that he could write? <laughs> well, you know, later he became an actor. That's debatable. <laughs> That's a Futurama joke. That was one of my favorite ones where uh, where, where Fry says, well, yeah, after Star Trek, uh, Walter became an actor. Didn't, didn't the animated series introduce the uh, the uh, the uh, the Niven uh, cat race? Isn't he? Yeah. Uh, well, it introduced it to the mass markets. That I mean, has a weird... That whole cat race... Back from Ringworld. That whole cat race has a weird place in in like uh, rights, I think, because of that. Because they're they're in the, they're in those novels, like you said, but they're also in Star Trek because of the animated series. But they never show up anywhere but the animated series. Yeah, well, I mean, you can say the same thing about um, Lieutenant Moretz Vacation and uh, Lieutenant Eric's. Although both of them did appear in the comics too, written by when Peter David was writing them. Well, Peter David liked to tie things together, especially yeah. in the novels, like with the. Uh, like the the crew of the what was it the Excalibur, yeah, and yep. uh, you know a he, lot of the, the extra characters that he created, he moved over there, and a lot of the a lot of the forgotten toys of the of TNG he put over there. Well, I mean Peter David is uh, is a fanboy. When it comes to Star Trek, he's a fanboy. He made it to where Leffler's mother was number one. Yeah, who was also who also programmed all of the Federation's computers. That's why they sound like her. Clever. And alluded to the fact that she may have been also Christine Chapel. Clever, clever. 
Yeah, Neil's not as much of a Trekkie as we are. No, not really. I'm not a Trekkie. You're not? No. I'm a Star Trek fan, and I was one of the ones that uh, did a lot of the work, but, I mean, for charities, things, and stuff like that. But I was I, I was not one of the mouth-breathing, live-in-the-parents-basement type Star Trek fans. Uh, you I weren't... don't know the combination Captain Kirk saved. What's the combination? One, two, three, four, five. That's amazing. I've got the same combination on my luggage. I could never win a Star Trek trivia contest. Mm. For for any level of Quatloos? Uh, yeah. But yes, I was one of the ones, depending upon who argued whether they were uniforms or costumes people were wearing. <laughs> and I did it logically. No pun intended. Ah. I actually got into this debate a couple days ago because someone because someone's like, said that the, the TNG uniforms are meant for fat people? The original ones, no. No, actually, oh my god. The, 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 this topic came up because we are talking about a certain someone who dressed in a TNG uniform who will remain nameless. I think Neil knows who. Anyways, uh, and, uh, and, and my friend Pablo was saying, the TNG uniforms weren't meant for people who were fat. And I said, tell that to Franks. Oh. <laughs> now, I'll, I'll be honest. The uh, later ones, the Wool Gabardine ones, Cut a nice figure, no matter what your weight was. The Franks was bunch... pushing it later, though. I mean, Franks found ways. Yeah, well, I mean, he suffered from the Bill Shatner syndrome. I mean, there are people who could say that they could tell when, what portion of the year an episode was filmed by Bill Shatner's gut. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the topic came up. That's right. I was talking to Pablo about certain things, and homemade Star Trek uniform and overweight came up. So, uh, although, I mean, that does ask the question, have you seen, did you see the, uh, science fiction convention episode of castle? No, I don't watch castle. Well, first of all, that's a mistake. Castle's a great show as a cop show. It's an ordinary cop show, but the personalities, especially with Nathan Fillion in there. Terrific. Oh, you said my favorite word, What personality or Nathan Fillion, Nathan Fillion. Yeah, he's, he's unbelievable. Who should be the next Hal Jordan. Oh, yeah. Well, he should have been the first one. Well, he was Hal Jordan <laughs> a couple of times. I know, but it's not quite the same. Just like Neil always said uh, that uh, that Lucy Lawless should always be Wonder Woman, and she technically was, but yep. Neil says it's not the same. It's, no, it's not. <laughs> well, anybody but Ryan Reynolds. He just... Yeah, well, Ron Reynolds doesn't have the bust for the Wonder Woman outfit to begin with, so. <laughs> no, back in the 90s, I would watch Xena, and I'd be like, why doesn't someone cast this woman as Wonder Woman? Yeah, back then, she should have been. She had the look. She had the build. She had... The only thing she didn't have is the one thing that I always said, I mean, because you could have gotten a lot of women that had the height, that had the looks, that had the build that Linda Carter did. But Linda Carter had one thing that I never saw at any other actress at the time really had. And she had a smile that would light up the room. And so, that's what sold me on her as Wonder Woman. So did Lucy Lawless. Never saw her smile. I did. She, she, she can actually project a warm personality if if she has if she's playing that kind of role, she, which she yeah. didn't do often. But she, she definitely could show strength, steelness. You know, she 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 made you believe she was a warrior. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you could have put her in that little one piece and she would have sold it. Whereas anyone else, they would be like, eh, let's get the pants. 
<laughs> you know, like China? Yeah. And if you're going to get the pants, you know, you might as well not even do it. <laughs> you're, you're like the kid that's like, that, 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 that the parents are in the car saying, we're going to this place instead. And you're like, oh, we might as well not go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're not going to McDonald's. We're going to Burger King. Uh, I'm not that hungry. But I mean, you look at certain roles, and there are people who have defined the role. I mean, Linda Carter as Wonder Woman defined the role. Anybody oh, else is going to have to measure up to her. Christopher Reeve as Superman. Anybody else is going to have to measure up to him. And they're always going to fall short. I think Lucy could have done it. Oh, yeah, I think she would have been close. She, I mean, for the time period, she would have been the best one there, and she'd still be better than whoever they chose, a pal Wiki. Today she would have been better than most ones there. Today I, you, I, today if you said she's going to be Hippolyta, I'm going to be like, yeah. Well, no, if you're going to do Hippolyta, you've got to do Linda Carter. I mean, she's still gorgeous. Well, make her Hera. That way you have like sort of like a, uh, you know, a, a step going, step system going. <laughs> I can't even think of any actress that would be good as. Wonder Woman nowadays. I don't know. I don't know, but I just got the Dark Knight Rises the uh, Blu-ray. And yeah. Anne Hathaway still amazes me. Yeah, she was terrific. In the, uh, she was a lot better than I thought she would be in the role. I didn't know she would. I didn't know she could do acting this deep before because all the other stuff I've seen her in was just not very, like, not very like comedy. Yeah, not, not nothing to really sink your teeth into. And then boom, she she does this. Yeah. And I mean, I'm interested in seeing her in uh, Les Miserables because of this. Wow. I mean, I was going to see that anyway because Hugh Jackman's in it. And that you talk somebody who's had talent, who has talent, and that's Hugh Jackman. And the old Les Miserables had, uh, had Liam Neeson in it. Yeah. Playing the same role, I think. Well, you talk about – it's funny you mentioned Liam Neeson. I was watching one of my favorite movies the other day, and you want to talk about a movie that has a lot of – not yet famous people. Dark Man? Nope. Before that. With Liam Neeson. There was a Liam Neeson before Dark Man? <laughs> I'm making a joke, obviously. Okay, I give up. Take a look at the cast of Excalibur. Hmm? Did you ever see the movie Excalibur with Nigel Terry and Nicole Williamson? Yes, yes. It uses Carmina Burana as the, the soundtrack. Yes. Look at the cast that thing has. I mean, Patrick Stewart, Liam Neeson... Helen Mirren, I mean, so many more that at that time were not famous, but they've really become, I mean, boom. Oh, uh, some other news. Uh, Patrick Stewart sounds interested in the, in doing X-Men Days of Future Past. Um, hmm. Depending on who you ask, he's either signed it or hasn't signed it or is interested or, but they apparently, according to Singer, they've signed him and uh, Sir Ian as well. And that's one of the things that, that Patrick said in an interview would be the defining defining thing is that they got Ian in there. Yeah. And they are trying to get Halle Berry and uh, what's his name who played Cyclops. And they do already have Hugh Jackman for another cameo. Well, he's signed up for cameos until he's dead. Well, I mean, that, as much as I like the movie, the best thing in um, X-Men First Class was... The go cameo. fuck yourselves? Was what? Well, it was when he said go fuck yourselves. Yeah, I mean, just walking in, seeing Hugh Jackman as Wolverine there, one line, and they go. I mean, yes. <laughs> Neil, have you seen that, that movie yet? I have not seen it. Oh, it's Neil. Actually, it's probably the best X-Men movie there is. It actually is, because it, it, it feels 
because I kept on thinking, oh, how are they going to paralyze him? And then, uh, and then by the time they got to the point, I forgot I was thinking that. Yeah, and it still worked. I mean, everything right down the line worked, and because of the actors involved. Yeah, the young the young actors aren't are not these talentless young pretty people there to just fill in the roles and imitate accents. No, they're real actors. Yeah, which is hard to find because most of the time they do exactly what I said. Find young pretty people to fill in the roles and and imitate accents. <laughs> Makes you go, oh, why'd you do this? Well, Brent and I were talking about that. I mean, there are no Humphrey Bogarts anymore. There aren't. I mean, actors that are not that handsome, pretty boys. I mean, I think the last one that we can actually point to is Harrison Ford. He was never a pretty boy. He was handsome, but he was never a pretty boy. Nowadays, Tommy, all we have are pretty boys and bimbos. What about Tommy Lee Jones? I mean, his face always looked like it was run over by sandpaper. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, he was of the same era. Well, that's that's true. But but I'm just saying that, you know, he never was considered a pretty boy. I mean, like I said, his face always looked like it was run over by sandpaper. <laughs> Hell of an I actor. Mean, I keep thinking back to, um, have you ever seen the movie My Favorite Year with Peter O'Toole? No, I have not. Find a copy. It's basically um, your show of shows, and it was written by one of the other writers from your show of shows. Uh, yeah, it was produced by Mel Brooks, yeah, who was also on it. But it's, uh, it, the thing is, the TV show um, Comedy Calvacade starring King Kaiser, and they're going to have a guest star on it, an Errol Flynn type, played by Peter O'Toole, mm. and this one writer slash gopher who has to watch him take care of him, and of course he's a womanizer and a drunkard and all this stuff terrific movie but it has one line in there where he's going out for the broadcast uh, peter tool's character is going out for the broadcast and the gopher who's played by what's his name mark lynn baker from perfect strangers is talking about how he's going out there i mean don't worry about it. i mean it's live broadcast gonna be seen by millions of t- people and you just see o'toole's character break down in a panic attack because he's a i mean He's never done live work before. He's always been in front of the cameras. And he's got one line where it's, I am not an actor. I'm a movie star. <laughs> that defines so many people nowadays. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm gonna, while it's still open, I'm going to run over to the local DQ and I'm going to get me some ice cream. Okay. All right. Is it going to be dipped? No. Oh, you're not going to get a chocolate dip on it? No. Why ruin good ice cream? But the DQ chocolate. Okay, Tom. Sunday hot fudge and marshmallow. Ooh. I just like the cone with the chocolate dip. Ah, uh, I never was a big fan of those. Okay, hot well, delights. Enjoy, enjoy yourself, Tom. Have a good night. All right.